he was able to, with palm tree bark, successfully filter out 99% of lead inside uh, a water sample. So his biotrust seemed very promising. In this episode of Voices from the Field, INCAT Sustainable Agriculture Specialist Luz Ballesteros talks with Michael Navarro of the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley about his biochar research. Michael, working with biochar created from grapefruit peels, is examining its ability to remediate soils that have been contaminated with heavy metals. Luz and Michael also talk about ways biochar is used in agriculture, such as water filtration and seed coating, and other ways it may be used in the future. They also discuss nuts and bolts issues, such as its availability for producers. Let's listen. Hi, I'm Luz Ballesteros, Sustainable Agricultural Specialist for the National Center for Appropriate Technology, ATRA. I'm based in the San Antonio Regional Office. In this episode, I speak with Michael Navarro, environmental scientist and colleague of mine from the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley about biochar. Hi, Mike. And to quickly begin, can you tell us a little about yourself and your work with biochar? Hello, Luz. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, tell a little bit about myself first. I'm a graduate student right now at the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. Uh, my major right now is Agriculture, Environmental, Sustainability Sciences. Uh, currently, I'm finishing up a thesis that's titled Grapefruit Peel, Biochar, and its Immobilization Properties for Lead and Copper Ions in Soil. It's a pretty interesting work. Uh, basically, I got inspired from working construction jobs earlier in my life. Uh, I used to work at a place called Soil Tech, in which I was a hands-on soil conservator. So what we did was apply rock gabions on uh, wildlife corridors along the Highway 77. I hydro-seeded, I hydro-mulched, preventing erosion, loss of soil. I also did a lot of silt fencing. I grew a passion for conserving soil and understanding the life that comes from soil and how we all depend on it how every single organism in this world depends on the microorganisms within our body and within the soil. Back to my research. Yeah, I basically want to test the capacities of grapefruit peel derived biochar. I have two temperatures with them, 450 degrees Celsius and 800 degrees Celsius. The reason as to why I have two temperatures is because it has been noted through research that um, a lower temperature, well, lower than 500 degrees Celsius uh, temperature biochar has been known to keep a lot of um, chemical sites more active compared to having a high temperature biochar. So uh, it has more active sites that allow for better sorption of these uh, heavy metals, specifically copper and lead, uh, has been noted to hold on to more fertilizers, other compounds that have been known to benefit plants. And when you have a high temperature biochar, such as the 800 degrees Celsius, it has been known to uh, physically hold on to these heavy metals because of the poor spaces and large surface area that the Batra has. So lower than 500, you're looking at more uh, chemical charged immobilization and higher than 800, you're looking at a physical immobilization, getting, getting trapped in these little micropores that the Batra has. But- um, Wow, so yeah. many technicalities to biochar. So. I mean, for people that are not familiar with biochar, have never heard of it before, or might have heard of it, but haven't really like clicked, what is biochar really? Yeah, biochar is an organic material that has undergone a process called pyrolysis. 
And pyrolysis is the degradation or breaking down of that organic material in an environment where little to no oxygen is present. Uh, with that being said, what goes on in that process, basically you're cooking it in an oven or a large furnace and uh, it concentrates down. It restructures the organic material that you once had, in my case, uh, grapefruit peel. And what it does is concentrate its uh, carbon forms. It uh, concentrates any potential nutrients it has. Uh, one thing I did check in my samples were uh, for carbon and nitrogen. And compared to natural soil, this had a lot more carbon and nitrogen, which was very promising as a soil amendment. Biotur can be made with any type of organic material. I've had uh, former colleagues of mine make biochar with avocado seeds, avocado skin, as well as uh, palm tree bark. Oh, wow. Palm tree bark. That's yeah. that's an interesting one. Okay. So you can make the, well, you can, we cannot, I cannot, uh, but biochar is made by organic residues materials undergoing pyrolysis. But I mean... I know you touched on it a little bit in the beginning, but what are the uses of biochar? Depending on what you would like, there are many uses of biochar, right? As stated, my former colleague, Victor Igabrize, uh, he used biochar as a water filter. So he was able to, with palm tree bark, successfully filter out 99% of lead inside uh, a water sample. So his biochar seemed very promising. So you have water filtration, you have soil amendments. So uh, agricultural producers, you know, these food producers and uh, crop growers can add this as a soil amendment as a potential replacement to synthetic fertilizers, synthetic herbicides and synthetic pesticides because it has been noted in research that uh, biochar can help with all these things. So, um, for an example, as a potential pesticide. If you have uh, any type of, um, I'm not too sure about the name, but there's this worm I had been reading, flathead worm, and it's, uh, it's a crazy invasive pest uh, to uh, agricultural producers. And through my research, I was able to find that biochar shards, you know, fine grain biochar, whatever, when applied to soil has the ability to kill these guys. As they're moving through the soil, they're moving around through the soil, and passing soil through their system, shards of biochar microscopically are so sharp that it cuts these guys up inside and uh, allows them to die. Might not, <laughs> might not be very humane, but it does control the pests around your area. Uh, birds won't be picking at the seeds when you have uh, potentially, you know, biochar-coated seeds. Uh, squirrels won't be uh, tempted to mess with these seeds as well if those are your pests. So it has been known to keep pests away, it has been known to facilitate the growth of, uh, of fungi, preventing the, the implementation of, uh, as stated before, synthetic fertilizers. So there's so many uses. I know around the world, they're, they're starting to use biochar now as a source of fuel. So instead of just raw carbon from burnt trees, they're processing this and turning this into biochar, which burns a lot cleaner, burns a lot harder, or hotter, and burns a lot longer. So um, the uses are infinite for biochar, the way it's looking at. Yeah, it's it sounds like water filtration, soil amendment, seed coating, pest management. Uh, my goodness. Can you talk a little bit more about like the seed coating? I'm just curious 
for that venue? Yeah, most definitely uh, seed coating. So upon some research, I did see that back in 2010, if I'm not mistaken, a man in Tanzania was inspired to regrow a forest that had been clear cut due to the area being known for uh, producing charcoal, right? So he got inspired to put all that carbon dust, all that charcoal dust to use by creating a slurry. He noticed the slurry dried up. And what he started doing was coating these seeds in that slurry created through the leftover charcoal, right? And he formed them into a ball. Of course, this, uh, this slurry is also mixed with some kind of binder as well. Uh, as stated earlier, Bautra comes with a lot of nutrients and it has hygroscopic properties, which has the ability to suck moisture out of the air. So especially in Tanzania, as well as Texas, you know, we go through droughts and um, it was proven successful. He has been regrowing forests that have been clear cut uh, for charcoal production for about 10 years now. And if you look it up, just look up uh, seed ball coating Tanzania, you will see his story and it's very inspiring. So. Here, uh, I got inspired to do that. I tried my own little uh, biochar coated seed balls with some radish seeds, and uh, my results were very promising. So the standard for germination of a radish seed, if I'm not mistaken, is anywhere between 11 to 14 days. I'm not gonna lie to you, from what I had gathered, my germination rates had popped through the biochar seed ball and were becoming established within seven days of planting. So uh, very promising. And uh, it gets me excited talking about it. So I mean, going from, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, did you say 14 days to seven days? That's correct. half the amount of time for germination. That is something substantial. Why Why was that? You Might I add, uh, I had added no synthetic fertilizers or, or anything of that sort. Why was that? I believe because uh, biochar, as stated earlier, is hygroscopic, so has ability to suck moisture from the air, it has the ability to hold on to a lot of moisture, has high uh, water retention rates due to its high surface area and pores, right? So when we're thinking about pores, think about little holes. And what these little holes do is basically hold water. And um, the seed inside that biochar coating is able to water itself pretty much like a, an egg and an embryo, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm also thinking about you know how sometimes in order to germinate a seed, you put like a generic paper, wet paper towel? Yeah. Like that, but probably better. Yes, because this has uh, has carbon and nitrogen. Nitrogen is especially great for growing plants. The ATRA website has been connecting sustainable agriculture students and farmers around the country for decades. Our free internship hub makes it easy to find interns or farmers looking to hire interns. If you're looking for some practical experience on a working farm to bolster your studies, or you want to pass on the wisdom of your experience in exchange for some willing elbow grease, stop by at atra.incat.org. So I know biochar often is associated with soil carbon sequestration. Um, so how does that work? Because it seems to be working in all the other realms. I'm just curious. How can biochar serve as, as an aid to soil carbon sequestration? Sure. Well, soil carbon sequestration, um, as we know, we've heard it plenty of times. Uh, we hear it in politics. Uh, we hear it in our science classes. It's basically, I would say, 
pulling carbon from the atmosphere and turning it into a physical form that is not as volatile to returning back to the atmosphere, right? So what's better than actually creating the carbon and applying it straight to the soil, sequestering that physical form of carbon? And through the process of pyrolysis, you create a form of what can be considered as a recalcitrant carbon, a very stable form, very hard to break down to anything else. So once it's carbon, it's going to stay carbon for a long time. That's why scientists, uh, carbon date material they find, you know, in archaeology sites because it stays forever. So uh, turning organic material to biochar is a great form of carbon sequestration. I've seen in other research that uh, I think in the Great Lakes, they were growing seaweed. And what they were doing with that seaweed was growing it and they were dropping it deep down to the bottom of the lake in order to prevent um, decomposition of that material, right? So they were just basically growing it, throwing it down. Uh, I feel like biochar, once turned into carbon, it has plenty of uses as well as coupled with carbon sequestration. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, right? Something that was going to decompose into liable carbon, so readily used carbon, is now a more stable form of carbon that could last for a very, very long time. Yeah, and uh, it has also been known to enhance soil quality, such as uh, stated, the high surface area and pore structure of biochar provide a habitat for soil microorganisms, including nitrogen-fixing bacteria, as well as beneficial fungi, which can provide a lot of uh, plant-available nutrients. So that's a great plus for, uh, for people who grow crops, rangelands, grasslands. Very great. Um, by applying biochar to soil, biochar has the ability to increase the soil's cation exchange capacity, therefore allowing the soil to ionically hold on to more beneficial plant nutrients, as stated before. So it just it's just a win-win when you apply biochar to soil. Uh, you increase its ability to hold on to nutrients. You increase its ability to uh, hold on to water, to water your nearby plants, uh, water the root systems, keep the soil moist, hold on to soil organic matter, which has been known to provide all these nutrients for these uh, microbiota in the soil. So by physically adding a stable form of carbon into the soil, it's nothing but positive. So biochar has so many uses. Uh, it sounds like a win-win. So where can people purchase biochar? So commercially, biochar, I haven't personally seen it. Um, there's a few... I haven't seen it nearby, shall I say. But there's a few companies online that uh, have the ability to ship you biochar wherever you're at uh, na nationally, but they sell them in little boxes. I have yet to see uh, large large containers full of biochar, right? Potentially, personally, I would like to start a biochar production company here in the Valley, native to RGV. I feel it would be great for all the local farmers to have ease and access to uh, a great product such as biochar, you know, one that's not expensive to create or sell, you know, one that's going to add a lot of benefits, especially here in the Valley. We've been known to over apply the uh, synthetic fertilizers and pesticides, and that has all ran off through our watershed out to Laguna Madre. So with the application of biochar, as stated earlier, has the ability to immobilize potential pollutants. So therefore, cleaning up our watersheds, cleaning up our nearby ocean or uh, stated estuary, Laguna Madre. Yeah, people could purchase biochar potentially in the future. 
Nice. Yeah. Maybe in the future, it would be a little more affordable. So as of now, could biochar be affordable for big agricultural operations? And I'm talking for people that have more than 100 acres of land. As of now, I'm not too sure if the biochar production processes are so efficient to provide uh, enough quantity for you're talking hundreds and thousands of acres of land. I feel eventually in the future, scientists such as ourselves, engineers such as uh, our colleagues could potentially create more efficient ways that are uh, you know, net carbon neutral or potentially even net carbon negative as we reapply this carbon back to the soil. Uh, but at the moment, I haven't heard of any um, major producer of biochar. They could be out there, but um, it's, it's going to be a lot to to provide enough voucher for these big agricultural operations. Yeah, and I imagine because maybe the demand is not as great, it would be like substantially more expensive. But I mean, it has like a great benefit. So kind of like for smaller operations. How can people apply biochar to their crops and grasslands? I know you touch about a little bit about soil amendment and seed coating, but it might be worth repeating. Like, how would people apply it? Yeah, you're right about all the positive benefits. Uh, people could apply biochar directly to the soil. They could uh, apply it right in the root system of soil. They could uh, potentially mix in or till in soil or till in the biochar within the soil to to help out with nutrient loading, to help out with water retention. As mentioned earlier, they could coat their seeds. I did uh, read a research paper a few years back and it did say Florida, which is the number one citrus uh, producer in the country, you know, Texas, RGV is number two. Uh, they were applying biochar as a scientific experiment to prevent, uh, you know, the inclusion of pests while growing. So as a organic method of uh, pest protection, or uh, things such as that. And the research revealed that there are plenty of positive benefits uh, whilst applying biochar to your plant areas. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it sounds interesting and easy to apply. And I just cannot help myself to answer, to ask you this question. And it's okay if you don't know the answer. It just kind of like popped in my head, but is bio, can biochar be organically certified? Probably, right? You know, that's a great question, Luce. You know why? Because I have been thinking the exact same for my research. So my feedstock is a great fruit peel that I'm, I'm gathering. It's coming from organically uh, certified orchard. So basically, my grapefruit peel is organic, and I'm turning that into an organic biochar. So it has been grown in an area where there are no synthetic fertilizers, no pesticides, no herbicides, and it's purely carbon and nitrogen. So yeah, potentially we could get biochar organically certified through maybe third party or maybe even first party organizations. Yeah, and I mean, I think this is a great topic of, of conversation and potential market because it has so many benefits. It could essentially be a organic soil amendment and like organic pest control. So. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad we touched base on this. As far as we know, I haven't seen anything uh, such as an organic certified soil amendment. Maybe it's a new field of study coming up, new market. So very interesting. Thank you for asking that question. 
No, thank you for answering. And thank you so much for joining me today. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Additional information about this episode and related resources can be found at atra.inkcat.org. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to Voices from the Field wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Rich Myers. ATRA, Voices from the Field, is produced by the National Center for Appropriate Technology, headquartered in Butte, Montana. It's supported by the USDA Rural Business Cooperative Service as part of NCAT's ATRA Sustainable Agriculture Program. Any opinions, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this recording are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of the USDA or NCAT. We'll catch you again next week, and until then... Keep on farming.